Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning and welcome to Old Providence Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church. What a joy it is to be here with you today as the Lord has called us here to worship Him. And what a great morning we have had thus far if you missed the breakfast this morning. My, oh my, how you missed out. But it was a wonderful time, excellent food. Thank you so much, Open Door Class, for for putting that on for us. And I think that the preschool raised just shy of $650 this morning. So it's a very productive morning. Thank you again, everybody, for coming out for that. Now let me just go ahead and address something. Two things. First of all, the screen is not down. I don't know what's going on. The TV's worked. The screen didn't. It's just one of those things. But we made it through Vacation Bible School with the screen, so we'll just have to adapt this morning. And the second thing, no, I'm not having a midlife crisis. No, it is not because it's hot outside. Don't worry, I'm not going to show up next week in jeans and a black t-shirt, nor is the pulpit going to be mysteriously gone and replaced with a glass podium. The reality is I had a little procedure on my neck this past week, and I have loads of stitches right where my collar goes, and I apologize to the choir for the monstrosity that you have to look at while I'm up here. But nevertheless, um, it makes it impossible for me to button this top button and wear a tie. So I appreciate your your, your charity this morning as you put up with me without wearing a tie. Hopefully by next week the stitches will be out, though, and we'll be somewhat back to normal. And the reason I say somewhat is because next week... um, it is going to be a little bit different. We have a wonderful opportunity. Maybe you saw it on the sign already, or maybe you saw it in your bulletin. But Reverend Michael, Michael Cochran and his wife, Laura, and Fox are going to be with us. Reverend Cochran and his family are missionaries to the United Kingdom in England, and they are planting a church there um, in Gloucester. I had the wonderful opportunity a couple of years ago, actually on Palm Sunday, to preach at his church plant, and the Lord is doing amazing things through Reverend Cochran. Um, I also had the not-so-wonderful opportunity of quarantining with them when I caught COVID in Europe, and Isabella and I got stuck there. They put us up for a couple of weeks, and so they are coming to visit us. They're on furlough right now. They just happen to be in the United States And they said, hey, let's catch up. And we said, yes, come up here. And he said, I'd be happy to say something at church. And I said, I got a better idea. How about preach? And so he's going to do that. And uh, and I'm very excited. I hope that you are too. Be sure to, uh, I really want us to have a great crowd for, for Michael and his family. So invite others, encourage others to come as well. Now, let me point to some things in your bulletin that are taking place, like a session meeting today at 3.30. In session, we're going to meet right here in the sanctuary. And then at 5.30, our missions and outreach study, which is led by Frank, will be held in Providence Hall. Um, Other things are going on as well. We are not having youth group tonight, though. Um, Let me just tell you about this study that Frank is doing. It's appropriate, especially with the Cochrans coming into town. But the focus is on how we can support missions as those who send missionaries. So please do be aware of that. Oh, and one more thing. There will be a brief deacons meeting in the choir room immediately after the worship service. Now, as far as prayer requests go, we still need to be praying for the Mullins family. Perhaps you heard they're the family that lost their home in Spotswood to the fire to a fire this past week. I was able to be there and, and pray with Mrs. Mullins and her family. But we need to be in prayer for them. What a devastating loss 
Um, also, we need to continue to pray for Dottie Massey. Have a praise report. She's doing much better. It looks like Tuesday she's going to have a pacemaker put in, but she is off the ventilator. She's doing well. The damage to her heart was minimal. So the Lord has definitely been with her, but we'll continue praying. Uh, now, other things are going on, but I'm going to let you find those in your bulletins. Again, I welcome you. What, what a delight it is to have this time that the Lord has given to us, this time in which the Lord has called us to worship him. So let's now prepare our hearts for worship as Donna leads us in the prayer. Our call to worship this morning is found in Psalm 12, where we read, Help, Lord, for no faithful one remains. The loyal have disappeared from the human race. They lie to one another. They speak with flattering lips and deceptive hearts. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks boastfully. They say, through our tongues we have power. Our lips are our own. Who can be our master? Because of the devastation of the needy and the groaning of the poor, I will now rise up, says the Lord. I will provide safety for the one who longs for it. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in an earthen furnace, purified seven times. You, Lord, will guard us. You will protect us from this generation forever. The wicked prowl all around, and what is worthless is exalted by the human race. Now, my friends, admittedly, the psalm that I have read as our call to worship is not necessarily the feel-good hit of the summertime, is it? Doesn't it point to the reality of what we are facing as a nation? Yes, but also in the world around us. It's as we read last week in Psalm 4 when the psalmist asked, Who can show us any good thing? My friends, it's easy to come to that conclusion, isn't it? When difficulty comes, when we face pain and sorrow, hurt, Loss, heartache, when we see what's going on in the world around us. But the reason that we worship, the reason that our hearts are filled with joy, is all because of the Lord's faithfulness. Because of his goodness, because of his love, because of his mercy, and because of the fact that he is active in the world around us. I'll say this in the sermon, but it's because of his, strength, his restraining hand of mercy that things are not so much worse than they are. He is active, and he will be active in your life. Let us trust in him now, and let us praise him together. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, after which we'll pray the Lord's Prayer and confess the Apostles' Creed together. I believe that copies of those may be in the Bible songbook, if you should need them without our screen. Let's go to him now. Our God and our Father, please be with us now. You have called us to this place. You have worked out everything in our lives up to this point to bring us here now. Thank you, Father, for your love, 
for your mercy. Thank you for the protection that you offer and the fullness you offer in Jesus Christ alone. As we have come to this place to worship, we pray that your Holy Spirit would fill and guide us, that our worship would be pleasing to you, that your name would be lifted up and exalted, and also that we, in lifting up songs of praise and praying and in going to your word, we pray that you would work in our hearts too, that you would change us in accord with your will for our lives. Please be with us now. We pray these things in Christ's name. And we also pray as he taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And as we say the Apostles' Creed together, let me ask you, Christian, what is it that you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Amen indeed. And now let's go to the Lord as we take our hymnals, the red hymn book, and turn to hymn number 31. Now it's to the tune of 168, but we're going to sing hymn number 31 together. Praise my soul, the King of Heaven. Number 31. Please stand with me.
Hope I don't see anybody else right now. Well, good summer. What's left? Too long. Can you believe? I'm excited because I get to tell you about somebody. We got room right up here. His work. You know, some. Past week, and sometimes people people need guys about all the time, and the wonderful. Your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Save you and confess or say that He's Lord. But did you know there's all sorts of people out there? They don't know that God loves them. Can they call on the one they've not believed? Now I ask a lot of good questions here. How can people How important it is that we send people called missionaries. Well, missionary is a fancy word for somebody that's sent on a mission. A mission. of missionaries coming to talk to us. And he's starting a church. Now that involves a lot of things that grown-ups do, but but guys, I want to help them have courage. You can ask God to protect them. It's so important that you pray for our missionaries. And you know what? I want to encourage So that's a wonderful thing to do. 
It's a wonderful thing for the rest of us to do too. Cochrane family and other missionaries. And Father, help us know if you I'm going to know it. I'm going to stealthily creep up and just... Lord in prayer. But I want to encourage you to go to the Lord in silence. And wonderful Lord, you are. Maintaining all things, even the and you have a calling for each other. have given us this time and you've given us this time that we would on and you've given remember you so that we would praise you Or other things, Father, it doesn't matter what. And in seeing you in all of your majesty. That we fail. We struggle. what we do and why we do it. And 
your love is complete. Blessings upon blessings. We think of the Mullins family and what a devil. peace and comfort and a real sense of your presence. The damage to her heart is minimal, but we pray that you to be with her. But would you encourage both her and I? missionaries. We're grateful for next week for the Cockins coming to be with us. The one that, that so many do not know you or with a new sense of urgency even to share the truth. Never be mindful of them in our prayers. We pray that you would intervene. Though not by means of wars or that those who do not know him would come to know being active in our world, let us ever be mindful. Now let us continue our time of worship by taking our green. Full adoration. Please stand with me as we sing.
faithfulness as we return to you. I pray that you would bless the gift. And I pray it all in Christ's name.
which is our Confession of Faith in the Presbyterian Church. The first question. Of our existence is to glorify. It's all about glorifying God of his We are going today. I got to tell you, I've been excited about today ever since I put together. Can't come to today. It came to mind almost instantly. The passage that we're focusing on contains a. Almost six years anyway. In a couple of weeks, it'll be six years that I've been with you. And the reason I do this is to provide us, well, let me be clear, I do mean us because I need what opportunity to really stop what it is that we do and why in the world is going on. You've heard me ask that question.
those whom he has called to be the salt it's our responsibility as his representatives to evaluate You see, we've been saved for a purpose. When he sent his disciples out, he made no mistake. Understand what's going on. And I had lots of nice pictures to put up for this. Seventy years or so since 1950, hasn't it? All right, so forget that. Think about that. Since the year 2000. five years ago. We're going to be get much more close to home here. Years ago, we didn't know what that thing was that was called COVID, did we? They kind of still are. I don't know. How about this? Five years ago, everybody was a dollar sixty-seven in July. Ooh. In the world is going on? Or maybe a better question to ask. It's amazing what you see. Or maybe even ask the question. So go ahead and turn your Bibles to Psalm 14 with me. We've studied thus far. And in it, like in last week's Psalm, Psalm 14, like in Psalm 4 last week, It is. But forget about David. So he says, all scripture is breathed out by God. It's that. But God is breathing this out through David. Because this is God's word, we need God's help to understand it. So let's stop. 
considering the world around us, the We pray that our hearts would be captive to yours. That by your heart, transformed people understanding the world. All in Christ's name. Amen. Psalm 14, verse 1. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. Heaven on the human race to see if there is one who is wise, one who seeks There is no one who does good, not even one. Will Then, then they will be filled with dread. Oh, that Israel's deliverance would come. Let Israel be Answer first, and then I'm going to expand upon that answer as we go along. And the reason world's going on. What is it? Verse one again. The so what in the world is going on? It's right there. The world around you is corrupt. Vile deeds. Good things happen in the world. They don't happen because of people. They don't happen because people are, are basically good or there's good in people or any of that sort of thing. The reason that good things happen is because of God's grace. And not only that, the only thing <clears throat> that keeps this world from entirely devouring itself is God's mercy, his, his restraining hand of mercy in the world around us. I watched this thing this week on Hiroshima, right, where the monument is. And it was fascinating as they talked about where the bomb had been dropped and, and so forth. And um, anyway, they, they said that when the, the hydrogen bomb was dropped, it was 5,000 degrees at point of impact. How long ago was that? 60, 70 years ago? Now they say that there are 
weapons, and, and we don't really know because, like, the government would tell us everything. But, and I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist, but they say that there are bombs 65 times more powerful than the ones dropped in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. If you doubt that the Lord's restraining hand of grace and mercy is at work, consider the fact that our world is not one big ball of glass right now. That's only because of God. But on our own, just us, Y'all, Psalm 14 isn't the only place that alludes to who we really are on our own, apart from God's restraining hand of mercy or his wonderful hand of grace. On our own, we're outlaws. We run from God's justice. We're enemies of the kingdom. Like John chapter 1, right, in the prologue of John, when Jesus is described, it says that Jesus is the true light of the world, but the darkness tried to overcome it. Couldn't. But the darkness sought to overcome it. On our own, apart from Jesus Christ, we are part of that darkness that wants to extinguish the light. Yet in Christ, we're called to reflect that light, being the salt and light of the world. That's the power of this Savior that we serve. Now, you might hear all this and say, okay, preacher, that's fine. We understand that. But still, why is everything so crazy in the world around us? As I've said before, we're, we're in this bizarro time where it's seen as immoral to give hormones to chicken and cattle, but it's perfectly fine to give hormones to four-year-olds who, who often enough have been encouraged by their abusive parents that, that they're really not the gender they were born into. That's normal in our world, but you can't give those to cattle, right? Again, what is going on? That's just one example. Well, perhaps you notice that, that I just addressed everything in Psalm 14.1 except the first line of the verse. What does the very first line say? You want to know what in the world's going on? Psalm 14.1a says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. You want to know why this world is crazy? God through David tells us right here, The fool says there is no God. And my friends, Fools do foolish things. If you don't understand that fact, you will never understand the world around you. Fools do foolish things. It's not complicated. Definitely not what the world says. The world says it's, it's progressive and advancing, but, but what we've really done is, again, find ways to sanitize barbarous actions like, like mutilating children and murdering children for that matter. The world says it's always advancing, and to a certain extent that's true. You know, take technology, for instance. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? But what do we use it for? Charlie Chaplin, uh, perhaps you remember Charlie Chaplin, the great silent film star, in his first film where he actually had a speaking role, it was called The Great Dictator. And he looked a lot like Hitler, except it wasn't a swastika, it was an X mark. And if you've ever seen it, it's very iconic. But at the end of the movie, when he exposes the fact that, that he's a fraud, that he's not really the dictator that they think he is, he makes this wonderful speech. And in it, he says of the technology in 1940 when this was made, we have developed speed, but we've shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical. Our cleverness, hard and unkind. My friends, that was in 1940, almost 100 years ago. In the film, he spoke of the aeroplane and the radio 
bringing people together. Think about what the internet has done. The World Wide Web. Communication has never been faster or easier, and neither has the acquisition of knowledge. And yet, what's it used for? I, I tell the kids in youth group sometimes that, that when we have our cell phones, and I have this up here because it's streaming the camera, hello everyone who's watching online, but we have the corpus, the body of human knowledge at our fingertips 24 hours a day. You know, I had this thing done on my neck. Rob did a wonderful job. If it had been on my arm, I might have looked up a YouTube video and, and done it myself because people do that sort of thing, right? I, I got another one on my back, and if you think this is bad, the one on my back is worse. I couldn't reach it, and that's by God's grace, Amanda would tell you. But nevertheless, we have that sort of thing, don't we? I mean, if, if you need to know... I don't know if you need to know what kind of starter a, a, a 1989 Crown Vic uses. 20 seconds, I can find it for you. But what do we use our technology for? A lot of the times, I joke with the kids about this, we use it for cat videos, and we use it for social media, and we use it often enough to tear other people down. Pornography. Oh, y'all. There was a time when pornography was a chore. Going to find it, you had to buy something physical you could put in your hands, but, but teenagers today, they, they have this 24-inch pipe pumped into their cell phone screens 24 hours a day, and it's absolutely free, sort of. When things like that are free, it's not the product they're selling you, you're the product that's being sold. But we don't realize that. That's what we do with this technology that we have. Why? Because the fool has said in his heart there is no God, and, and fools do foolish things. Technology is advancing, but so is evil, so is craziness, so is foolishness, and so what shall we do? Well, first, what we do is we wait. Because don't think for a moment that God doesn't take notice of these things. No, not at all. But the psalm continues by saying, and we read it already, but let's read it again. Look at verse 2. It says that the Lord looks down from heaven on the human race to see if there is one who is wise, one who seeks God. All have turned away. <clears throat> all alike have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Y'all, what this is pointing to is the fact that God sees and God knows. And by the way, the definition of wisdom is given in verse 2, if you missed it. Look at it again. It says that God looks down to see if there is one who is wise, comma, one who seeks God. The two are one and the same. And what God sees when he looks down on mankind is that naturally, in and of ourselves, of our own accord, apart from him, nobody's wise. Apart from him, nobody seeks him, nobody does good. All are corrupt. And if this sounds familiar, good, it should, because Paul, in Romans chapter 3, quotes Psalm 14, describing the same exact paradigm. David even goes on to reveal the mind of God as David ponders, as he views the wickedness, the foolishness of humanity, he asks, verse 4, will evildoers never understand they consume my people as they consume bread. They do not call on the Lord. Again, what in the world is going on? It's simple. Not only do fools do foolish things, wicked people do wicked things. And what we see is the bitter harvest of a humanity that has rejected God. 
So what do we do? First, we wait for the Lord. But also we take heart because, beloved of God, things are not always going to be this way. It's after pondering these things and revealing what's really going on out there that David turns to conclude the psalm by saying two things. He promises two things. The first promise is that God, in seeing humanity and in being active in the world, God's not going to let this go on forever. In fact, the next two verses tell us what will take place. They say, then. You know, the then is the unspoken of God who is looking down from heaven and then acting. Then, meaning the world, they will be filled with dread. For God is with those who are righteous. You sinners frustrate the plans of the oppressed, but the Lord is his refuge. My friends, the Lord will not let the foolishness or the wickedness of this world or the persecution of his people continue forever because the Lord is with those who are righteous. And he's opposed to those who reject him. And the end product will be dread and judgment for those who are are enemies of the Lord. Now, this brings up another question. Does this mean that God is done with the world around you? Is he just... given to us that applies to the whole world towards the fortunes of his people desiring that they turn to the Lord but the principle revealed is the same the same thing for the world around Fourteen, verse 7 is that though the world has but only out of Zion It's an image used there to describe God and, and it's and it, it, all about Jesus. We don't see that necessarily. He says this to God's people. He says, assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are the mediator of a new covenant and Hebrews is pointing to what Psalm 14 Jesus Christ. Because the reality is this. Rejecting God and falling in judgment, in dread, in terror.
get specific. We can talk about the world all day, can't we? The whole world applies to you too. Either rejected God. I say this not because I'm trying to be fire and brimstone. Prosperity. You can see times of sweetness. But you also may be able to look back and see times of loss. Maybe that you're in one of those two camps today. It's, it's entirely probable that we have people. But if you're in a time of great volatility, a time your response is still to praise the Lord. Decisions we've made, and sometimes we go through difficulty because of the Israel's deliverance would come from Zion. So God's desire is to Where does your deliverance come from? Turn to Christ today. If you know him, fabulous. Trust in him. Trust not. Remember what we did in Psalm 101. It's a crazy place because it's full of fools. Know that. And if you know Jesus, let it prompt you to one who is at enmity with God. And realize what you thank you for this time that you have given to us. We praise you. You are the Holy One, seated in all power and all right.
importance and urgency that we would tell others about you. Oh, Father, work in their hearts. Father, in doing so, they'll be transformed. Pray it in Christ's name. Amen. And like the crazy world around us, we should dare not. Good Lord, please stand with me as we sing. Oh uh-huh.